0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thief Stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito
1: You are now listening to The Pat's Pulpit Podcast.
0: All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pats Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane, here with you, so excited to break down the 2022 season, which is finally underway. Training camp is here. We are almost ready for the preseason to start, which means the regular season is right around the corner. Thank goodness the long doldrums of the offseason is back here as with always my good buddy rich hill rich how you been man
1: i am doing well i'm ready for another season of patriots football the off season is in the past and now we're ready for the preseason i'm excited i, I feel like training camp is such a good way to start the season i love hearing all the new storylines of you know how the Patriots are changing their offense. How the, the new players that they've brought aboard are stepping up or, or fitting in. How the new, pl- like, players from last year are taking the leap. And we're hearing a lot of really positive things out of, uh, out of the Patriots camp. Alec, how are you doing? I'm doing great, my
0: man. It is the last week of 2022 where there will not be any football to talk about because next week the Patriots play their first preseason game, which I can't wait to hear about. I love summer. I love this time of year. It's about to start getting after it with all the sports coverage. We're in the swing of baseball season, all good things. And I have not heard my least favorite thing with training camp. I don't know about you, Rich, but when it comes down to practices, it's always great to hear about these corner end zone grabs and pass breakups and quarterbacks taking snaps and all that. That's all great. But one thing I always look for more than anything else is so-and-so was carded off the field today and we have not gotten that in the Patriots training camp facilities, which is amazing. There's already been a couple injuries around the league. It happens every single preseason. Some big prospect or some second year guy blows his Achilles or ACL, whatever it is. Everyone's still healthy so far. I'm excited like to talk training camp with really you, Rich, but before we get into that, I'd love to maybe catch up with you a little bit about what's been going on around the league and around Patriots Nation. Uh, I think I'll start with, I guess, the latter of the, the, the two kind of big pieces of news. Uh, the Nikhil Harry era in New England is officially over. Seventh round pick in 2024, I believe, they got from the former <laughs> first rounder. Is there any way, do you think, that Nikhil Harry has a career revival in Chicago? It was just the system. He could never catch on to the complex offense, or is this just one of the all-time great draft busts of Bill Belichick?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think it's one of the all-time draft busts. Like, I'm never going to be rooting against the guy, but he just never clicked. He was given opportunities. I think that the Patriots didn't necessarily put him in the best position to succeed. Um, it pains me a little bit to see how the team is changing their entire offensive scheme this year. Uh, from, you know, the more challenging Hart Perkins style under, that they've been using for, with Brady over the past 20 years, uh, into a more wide receiver friendly one and the fact that Harry's not really gonna get an opportunity in it. But you know what? Uh, yeah, he just never broke out. He was beaten out by everyone else. We saw Christian Wilkerson come off the practice squad last year and be better than Harry ever was. And so I, I think he just didn't take advantage of the opportunities, even if he wasn't given the, a team friendly situation because other people stepped up more. Um, so huge draft bust by the Patriots. Hope that he has a revival with the Bears, but I'm also not holding my breath for that to happen.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you again. Physical specimen. He seemed to have the tools in college. Just it doesn't always translate. And again, you know, having like a true. Wide receiver one, there aren't that many of them around the league. Any additions the Patriots have made, Devontae Parker seems to have fitting right into the offense really well. Kendrick Bourne set the breakout. I don't think he'll be sorely missed, but it is not much in terms of a first-round pick to eventually get a 2024 20, seventh-rounder in exchange for him. But them's the breaks. Here's the good news, Rich. At least the Patriots have a first-round pick to use because an AFC East rival no longer has one, courtesy (laughs) of some, some tampering that may or may not have taken place in 2019 involving one Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. The Miami Dolphins are in some hot water right now. They apparently tampered with Brady. They apparently tampered with Saints coach Sean Payton, trying to bring him in. While apparently the the tanking charges have been dismissed or dropped and not enough, and there's still ongoing adult, uh, questions about Brian Flores and why he was fired. That's pretty big news at the Dolphins' camp. They were stripped of two picks like that.
1: Oh, totally. That's huge news. And like, that's probably it's like the maximum penalty that you can get under the current system. I I think personally, uh, it adds so much validation to what Flores has been accusing them of. Uh, Even their finding is that, uh, you know, that. The owner Ross did say these things to Flores about you know haha we 'll give you a hundred k for each loss that you get, um, but they 're like it wasn 't credible or it wasn 't like meant to be taken seriously, even though they also have in the findings that uh, ownership and leadership of the team was prioritizing draft spots over winning, uh, which you know uh, is the same thing, so the fact that they 're like well it 's credible that like they didn 't want to win, they didn 't want to pay him. I don't think that that means anything other than uh, the league is choosing to prioritize penalizing the team as opposed to challenging the, you know, legitimacy of game outcomes. You know, like it's the league image versus team image sort of dichotomy here. And so the the league is definitely being like, all right, let's put all of the pressure on the Dolphins here. Um, but like, you know, the games are valid. Don't worry about those. So, I, I mean, I'm shocked more so than anything that the Patriots aren't getting compensation. The yeah. fi- the finding is that they tampered with Tom Brady during the summer of 2019. So, like, before his last season with the Patriots, in August 2019, they started messaging him. Um, and, like, the ultimate goal was to have him be their quarterback and get partial ownership and take on, like, that Peyton Manning front office sort of role with the Dolphins in the future. And the fact that they did that, and then all, all of a sudden, Brady... Leaves the Patriots. That, that's such a bad taste in, in my mouth. And I'm, I'm shocked that the Patriots aren't getting a pick swap because that's historically what's happened. You know, thinking of like when the 49ers tampered with Chicago Bears linebacker Lance Briggs in like 2006 or whenever that was, they forced them to, to swap third round picks and like give them increased draft position. And so I'm surprised that there isn't some sort of compensation for the Patriots, the Saints and the Bucks because those are all three teams that the Dolphins tampered with.
0: No, it's true. And it might just be because it's the Patriots and there's still that residual. The Patriots don't get any good things from the NFL kind of taste in their mouth. But, you know, I'm I'm thinking about this. On one hand, I'm like, and it turns into a a business place, a workplace, people under contract with their firms or their companies or whatever, they're always getting approached by headhunters, other companies like, hey, want to come work for us instead? We'll pay you more. We'll give you more benefits. And sometimes they stay, sometimes they don't. I'm like, is it really that big of a deal? But then I think the other side, if you are getting headhunted by a much better opportunity, what do you do? You put your two weeks in and you slack off for two weeks. You <laughs> don't do anything, right? So, I mean, I can totally see how this could possibly affect Tom Brady's decision-making going forward. Maybe it was the ultimate reason he ended up leaving New England in 2020. We'll never know for sure. Uh, I think he had opportunities elsewhere to go win, and I would never begrudge him that. But I also have to think, Rich, about that, that uh, quote-unquote, accidental text <laughs> that Bill Belichick sent to Brian Flores like oops wrong Brian which kind of if you want to go conspiracy theorist, may have set all of this in motion with Belichick playing some kind of long game knowing a hey, Miami you get found out so if it comes out somehow that Belichick orchestrated this loss of draft picks like two years ago that'd be next level evil genius stuff.
1: Oh, nothing, nothing but belief in this conspiracy from my household. Um, (laughs) That has to have happened. That's like, without a question, what went down. You know, Belichick absolutely knew that the Dolphins were tampering, and so he found this as like a way to get his revenge. Ab. So freaking lootly, that's totally what happened. Um, and also, uh, what would you call the 2019 season other than Tom Brady giving in his two weeks notice? Like, that's, that perfectly encapsulates what that season was. Um, was, you know, they had won the Super Bowl and then he was just coasting for that final year. Patriots obviously didn't give him any help, but like, they coasted. Like we can be honest about that one. I will say that from like a competitive standpoint, a lot of firms have non-competes. A lot if like you're if you're in a highly selective industry and like the person's intellectual capital or ability is the, the value, you, they, they make you sign a non-compete, so you can't just go directly to a competitor uh without sitting out for some time. So that's definitely something that uh leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But you know what? Ultimately it led to the Patriots getting Mac Jones. Um, and I'm going to do a really greasy transition here. I think that this is, uh, without a doubt, a very exciting time for the Patriots because uh, Josh McDaniels, offensive coordinator of the Patriots for the better half of the past, like, 15 years, is now with Las Vegas. And for the first time under Bill Belichick, uh, we're getting an entirely new offensive scheme. And I'm not just talking about uh, them pivoting from, you know, uh, wide receivers to two tight ends to rush heavy, like all using the same Earnhardt Perkins principles. They are just starting from scratch. They're implementing a wide zone rushing attack that people might remember from the Shanahan coaching tree, uh, which has a lot of success. It's given the Patriots a lot of problems in the past, and that should hopefully simplify some of the passing game. And they're incorporating a lot of the the McVay and Kyle Shanahan passing principles out of the the passing game. And so they're bringing their offense into the 21st century. I'm very excited about it. I think it'll make it things a lot easier for Mac Jones and also just be able to help capitalize on the, the skill sets of all the wide receivers. Because uh one of the biggest challenges that the Patriots have always had with their wide receivers, and we're just talking about Nikhil Harry, is that it's such a difficult offense for players to pick up. And... You know, a lot of it's about, you know, how can you leverage the defensive backs and find the open space with these option routes? And instead, now we're just gonna say, all right, Taekwondo, you're the fastest player in the league. Just use your speed and we're gonna scheme you open. We're gonna get you the, the free release and get you with some space and separation for you to just move up the field, and they're gonna really simplify it down for these players. I'm very excited for what this means for the the, the offense and how all these players are gonna start shining.
0: No, absolutely. And it's cool because, you know, this is a situation, you know, Saquille Harry definitely was never that one number one guy. They don't really have a, a true number one offensive weapon on this team in terms of a pass catcher. And so, this style of offense, you know, you do a lot of zone blocking, you motion the tight ends a lot, a lot of misdirection in this scheme, some play action off of like the outside zone run blocks. Uh, it's not overly complex, but it's complicated enough where everyone has to know their role. And the fact they're implementing it right now. I think uh, bodes well for what I always thought would be a very crucial piece of the 2022 campaign should they find success, which is that contract earning performance from John Smith, who obviously Mm -hmm. underachieved last season. He missed OTAs. He never quite got on the same page as Matt. I don't think it was a total waste of space last year, but he really didn't live up to his contract. But all signs point to, so far, him really making the, the connection with Matt Jones, picking up the offense a lot. And I really think this offensive scheme operates out of that two tight end set with those two different skill sets that they bring to the table. And between Johnny Smith, between Hunter Henry, between uh, Tyquan Thornton, like you said, he's had a couple of really nice deep routes and some nice catches over the, the DBs. Who we're talking about the offense. Uh, all signs also point, Rich Ford, Jalen, not not Jalen Mills, no, excuse me, Devontae Parker, really picking up the scheme well. Him and Mac Jones really seem to be on the same page. So while they don't have, you know, that game-changing kind of offensive talent on the receiver position, between Parker, who's doing well, between Jacoby Myers, who's rock solid, Kendrick Bourne, who had a really breakout season, between Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, and if Nelson Aguilar can even be a third of what he was last season, if Tyquan Thornton can continue with his speed, that may not be a, you know, game-changing player in there, but that's a great death-by-a-thousand-cuts offense, which I think can bode very, very well for a young quarterback like Mac Jones, who may not have the deep ball yet, but he's crazy accurate, and he's made the second-year leap as well. So I think they're doing all the right things for the Patriots' position to succeed this season.
1: Totally. I mean, I think one of the big things that the Patriots have been missing in recent years is that home run threat. You know, like, they had Chris Hogan for a flash in, like, 2018. Uh, But, like, for 2019, 2020, and 2021... They haven't really been taking advantage of the, the deep threat ability. And now they have both Aguilar and Thorne. And like, they've had reasons for it, right? Like, uh, you know, Mac Jones is a rookie. They intentionally kept the training wheels on last season. They didn't let him uncork it. And also, like, they just didn't have the talent in 2020. And then in 2019, uh, you know, just like the, you know, it wasn't there. And so it's been some time since they've had the deep ball ability. And, you know, you mentioned death by a thousand paper cuts. What's great about this new potential offensive scheme? I imagine Belichick's going to be deriving stuff from Shanahan and McVeigh and Andy Reid incorporating this West Coast offense that, you know, Mac Jones was supposed to thrive in. Like, this is where everyone's like, this is where he'd be the most successful. And what this will do is open up plays underneath uh for Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne. But also it'll create opportunities with free releases for both Nelson Aguilar and Tyquan Thornton to, you know, make big plays down the field. Think of how, you know, the Chiefs always have a home run threat ability. They're gonna have that. Just, there's just a role for every single player uh where you can just take successful plays from everywhere around the league, including things that the Patriots have already done. And there's like a pretty solid proxy. Like Hunter Henry is a talented tight end. Give him some of those Kelsey slash uh you know uh George Kittle. Plays. Think of Jonu Smith. Give him some of those Kyle check plays out of the 49ers. And then you also have Taequann Thornton and Nelson Aguilar. There's a very clear path for them with those Tyreek Hill plays. There's very clear proxies, uh, you know, putting Kendrick Bourne in there in the Cooper Cup sort of role. You know, they were teammates at Eastern Washington. So they, they are... Uh, have historically been utilized in a similar way. Cooper Cup even said that Kendrick Bourne could be better than he ever was, uh, you know, which is a tall order. And I don't think that would actually happen. Um, but Bourne was a great player. I, I, I think that this is the offense that everyone has a role to step up in. And, uh, you know, you already have a strong base layer of. Like ability from all of them. You have uh, years of experience in them. I didn't even mention Devontae Parker, who I think can be that big outside threat that the Patriots have needed. They've needed a red zone target for a very long time. And he finally gives them that outside body other than Hunter Henry that can produce in the red zone. So I'm just really excited about this. I, I think that this new offensive scheme can really set the stage for this Patriots offense to, you know, enter the the modern era after, you know, they were still successful in the past, but it was just with not a lot of uh, the modern principles.
0: Let me ask you this, Rich. Uh, based on your knowledge of the particular offensive scheme, what you're saying about the receivers, the tight ends, the red zone threat, etc. Uh, one of the question marks I have going into camp, I continue to have going into camp, is uh, how James White will recover from his offseason surgery, what kind of shape he's in, whether he can bring something to the offense that he used to bring. I really think he would have been the linchpin of the entire offense last season if he didn't go down. And Ty Montgomery, who they brought in to kind of fill that hybrid role, positioningless kind of swing back third down guy. Uh, how do you see that kind of that that traditionally? Crucial third down back role, evolving, devolving, staying the same, this new offensive scheme with James White, if he's healthy, and Ty Montgomery?
1: That's a great question. I mean, I I think uh, historically it goes to the person who can do the best pass blocking. Um, And, uh, you know, they have capable guys in Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. I think J.J. Taylor is the player to watch. I imagine that they'll give Pierre Strong an effective redshirt year. Um, And I, I think that Taylor would be the guy that I would expect right now. Um, but that said, Ramondre Stevenson has been, uh, showing up greatly as a pass receiver, uh, during camp this year. And so he has, in my mind, what has historically been like that Rex Burkhead-esque role. Um. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he was given opportunities on third down. You know, let Damian Harris take the first couple downs. Ramondre Stevenson can take the passing down rolls. Um, but especially with this, this wide zone rushing attack, uh, it's just going to be a cut-and-go type of a situation. And Harris has home run speed. Stevenson is a bowling ball. Um, Pierre Strong is going to be one of the fastest running backs in the league as well. Um, And J.J. Taylor is, you know, small of stature, so he can hide behind these huge offensive linemen. So I think that there, a lot of players are going to have opportunities to show up on third down. But as it relates to being a receiver or a runner, uh, or as a pass blocker, I should say, then I think Stevenson and, and Taylor are the two that I'd watch.
0: Is there any way, Rich Hill, that Damian Harris gets traded pre-camp as some kind of blockbuster? No one saw that coming move. Honor Mondre is the guy going forward, and Pierre Strong is the, the new backfield guy, or is it that just one of those ridiculous things that can never happen that it does happen and everyone's not coming? Uh,
1: I mean, it's possible. I, I would be surprised. I would be surprised yeah. a little bit just because, uh, you know, JJ Taylor is unproven. You have Stevenson, who I think is good. But I feel much better about the position with both Harris and Stevenson in the backfield. Patriots love having at least three deep at that running back spot um, and not having a rookie within that three deep. And so long as James White is not available, I wouldn't see it. If White were healthy and ready to go, I could see that being an option. But I I wouldn't be surprised if White honestly gets like a red shirt here because he's still not back. Like, he gets yeah. a retro year, allowed to fully recover, and then next year is his turn to, like, really win a starting spot if possible. Um, but I, I would be surprised if Harris uh, is traded unless Kevin Harris or Pierre Strong really shows up in a way that, like, oh, these guys can play right now.
0: I also think you need, especially with the 17-game season, with cold-weather games, you don't want to run— a back like Stevenson or Harrison to the ground early. You want to yeah. split their carries, and having guys that can split their load going to be very, very helpful. It might not work for the fantasy guys out there who's getting the goal line carries, but I think having Harrison Mondre stevenson on the roster for the entire season would be very helpful come playoffs should they make it, which, again, I think they should. I think wild card is the floor for this team. Uh, going forward, I think the offense, it's a great breakdown, Rich. Let's talk to the defense really quickly. I feel like every training camp, one of these storylines always is defensive backs, who's going to be starting <laughs> in the secondary. Uh, we're seeing it again this year. Jalen Mills seems to be making that uh, a pretty good step up. Uh, we're seeing some guys that they drafted. We're seeing Jonathan Jones getting reps. We're seeing a lot of different mixes, different schemes. JC Jack no longer there, of course. So I don't know if they really have a true number one corner just yet. But they have some guys on the roster. They have some talent there. What are your early thoughts on training camp in the secondary?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the safety spot is pretty much on lock. You have, uh, McCordy, uh, Adrian Phillips, a- as well as Kyle Duggar as your three guys that will definitely be on the field. Um, and I think that they're going to open up opportunities for Duggar to be a-, a bigger piece, uh, just because he's so good. Um, but then you also have, uh, the depth there. Jabril Peppers is going to have a role in there. Um, I know that he recently just signed with them, but Brad Hawkins is someone I loved coming out of Michigan undrafted. Um, but I think he could find role on the practice squad and have a bigger position. But Joshua Bloodsoe uh, is someone who has been stepping up, uh, hearing his name very positively a lot during camp. So I think that the safety position is going to continue to be a point of strength. Um, From the cornerback position – it's gonna kind of be as you would expect. Uh you know, Jalen Mills, as you mentioned, is the top guy. I think there's been kind of a fairly open competition for who's going to be the opposite starting cornerback. It feels kind of like it's Malcolm Butler's to lose, but Terrence Mitchell has done something well. Jonathan Jones is your your like, you know, starting nickelback. Uh, Miles Bryant, you know what you're going to get with him. Jack Jones and Marcus Jones have had up-and-down camps. Um, So I'd I'd just be very curious to see um, who ultimately wins that spot. But I I think I'm erring on the side of uh, if no one's standing out at this point, it kind of means that you don't have a, a top option not that I think that they're going to be particularly weak. I just don't think that they're, this is going to be an exceptional cornerback room. Um, but I think with the safety ability being so good and the really positive news that we're hearing out of that defensive front from both the defensive line and the linebacker levels, I'm hoping that it won't be as big of an issue.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the linebackers might be one of the, the bigger, better surprises of camp. You know, with, with Dante Hightower still unsigned, I still say he comes back maybe toward the very end of training camp. Uh, maybe he's got one more year left in him. Maybe I'm wrong. He didn't signed anywhere else, so I feel like it's Patriots or Bust at this point. Um, you know, he did bring some veteran leadership. Who knows what kind of shape he'll be in. But given the reports out of camp, I feel like the linebackers, you know, I still don't know who the starters are going to be and whether Rayquan McMillan's going to be the guy or or, or what. But uh, maybe I'm hearing hear Josh Uche is, is really stepping up. And so maybe I was more and more bearish or I don't know if it's bit bullish or bearish, which i pessimistic in the, the finance world. I think it's bearish. <laughs> bearish. I think I was bearish on the on the linebackers coming in and kind of just the losses they had there. But it seems like guys are stepping up and maybe we can get a guy to really emerge as that leader this this training camp.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think that McMillan has been uh, playing well. You know, he tore his ACL last year and was a huge question mark, but he was going to be a starter last year until he tore his ACL. Um, and so it seems like he's picked up where he left off, which is great news. It gives them strong depth up the middle. Bentley is who he is, uh, which is, you know, a solid linebacker. So with the two of them likely getting most of the snaps, you have Mac Wilson, who the Patriots acquired after trading Chase Winovich to the Browns, and Wilson's having an outstanding time. He's the player that everyone kind of wants Cameron McGrone to be. Um, I think Wilson's going to clearly beat him out for time I think Wilson was misused in Cleveland and I think he'll really step up here I don't think he'll necessarily be like that Kyle Van Noy-esque career revitalization but I think he'll be a solid role piece for the Patriots at the linebacker spot and so they have three guys that I would feel fine with um versus you know I, I was feeling like they just had to dart their talent heading into this offseason two of the players have stepped up they still have the opportunity to bring back tower if he wants to. Um, and then, you know, Jennings and Uche are two players that have had flashes during camp, um, but who knows what that really means. They, they, they haven't been able to break through, um, and they'll likely, uh, you know, Judon's going to be a 90-plus percent snap player. Uh, so you have talent at that level, um, but I think what's really standing out is the defensive line. Uh, Barmore has ta- absolutely taken the leap this year. He's going to be a complete wrecking ball up front. He's the best defensive lineman that they have in my mind. Uh, Devon Godshaw just got a curt, like, contract extension. Lawrence Guy is going to be his consistent self. Um, but then you add in the undrafted free agent, LeBron Ray, uh, who's been doing very well. He stood out like practice after practice. Uh, you know how the Patriots always have an undrafted free agent make the roster. He's my bet for that one. You also have Brendan Schuler at the safety position. But I think Ray has a very strong case to be one of those guys on that defensive line.
0: Yeah, yeah, defensive line, I'm glad you brought that up, because that really is going to be the strength of this of this defense. And hopefully it'll be a situation. The secondary isn't that that lockdown scenario we saw in years past. They won't have as much time to throw, because I feel like running the ball on the Patriots in 2022 is going to be very, very hard. They've about 8,000 pounds on that line between those four guys, those five guys. Uh, Matthew Judon, is going to be Matthew Judon. He's still going to do Matthew Judon things. I know Joe Judon fell off a bit down the stretch, but I'm not worried about that being indicative of some kind of long-time problem I think outside linebacker is going to be a really really fun position to watch and I really you know we talked about linebackers in in general you know with with, with peppers with with Kyle Duggar with Adrian Phillips you know I think we're just kind of shifting more into like a positionless defense where no one is really like one spot where they line up and if the linebackers are replaced by 200 pound Safeties, then, then so be it. I think there's a very valid way to to approach a defensive scheme that way. Uh, the real question is: Can these guys stay healthy? I hope they I hope okay. they can because I don't know at this point, at least, what kind of depth they have in any position in the secondary, defensive line, or linebackers.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And like my in my mind. Uh, it, how big of a difference is it with a 215-pound safety versus a 230-pound linebacker that are your like typical options? Like, it's not going to be what makes or breaks it for you, and I, I think it gives you some better coverage ability, and so it's a give and take. Um, but I, I think that I agree with you completely. We're looking towards that position in football. The depth at the safety spot is so crucial. Um, But, I I mean, there's just so much potential across this roster. You you were talking before the podcast started about how this was like a three-year rebuild and we're in year two of it. Um, And I agree. Like, next year, uh, like, this upcoming season will really show who of the past couple of off-seasons that the Patriots have acquired are going to be the pieces moving forward. But they will also have a ridiculous amount of cap space uh, heading into next offseason that they can continue to play with continue to retool the roster um, but also like you know start thinking about extensions you know does Devontae Parker stick around does Aguilar Kendrick Bourne uh, Jacoby Myers as well you have Damian Harris a lot of key pieces um, including uh, Trent Brown on the offensive line like players that like could receive extensions uh, who is going to stand up who's going to earn it um, and like this is just a very good spot for it and so I, I, I think that there are clear strengths on this roster. There's clear weaknesses at that cornerback spot. There's clear positions that have exceeded expectations, like at linebacker. You got everything that you want in this training camp. I'm excited for uh, you know our first preseason game um, to to show up. Alec, if my last question for you before we, we wrap this up: What player or positional group do you think has the most to to prove, and you uh, that you are expecting to deliver? Uh, over the next week?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know if it, it's the, the, the right definition of the most to prove, but I think the one position, I think that the entire this is going to sound very basic, but the entire offense and how they perform, particularly Mac Jones, a running game is really going to hinge on this offensive line. This offensive line, they drafted Cole Strange. No one saw that coming. They filled the hole they needed because they created a hole by trading an offensive lineman in the offseason. Isaiah Wynn is Isaiah Wynn. Uh, Trent Brown is still a mountain of a man. They have some pieces in place but I'm really going to be very curious to see how quickly this offensive line can gel because I feel like all the starters are already in place by now. There's no real battle for guard or tackle or whatever. We kind of know where everyone's going to be. So, so the question is how well can these guys gel? How quickly can these guys gel? And will they be able to perform at a level that we need them to perform at to keep the running game honest, to keep Mac Jones in the pocket, to continue making good decisions? And Cole Strange, through no fault of his own, has some pretty big shoes to fill. And yep. we're expecting him to just plug and play and be the next Logan Mankins. That is the <sighs> draft stack you put on yourself, unfortunately. And so I'm excited how they develop. And the good thing about the offensive line is, <laughs> excuse me, you see them, from week one of the preseason, right? They're out there all the time. You know kind of what the lineup is. You'll see guys swapping it out as, as the third and fourth quarter get underway, but we'll be able to see the starting five offensive line with some consistency through all of the preseason. Hopefully, by the time September rolls around, and we're ready to go.
1: Yeah, no, totally. And I, I think that uh, I'm very curious to see how these players emerge with this new yeah. offensive scheme, like how they all adopt to it, you know, trading away Shaq Mason, who is honestly like the prototypical wide zone offensive lineman. Usually they're smaller, but like super athletic. And so the fact that they they traded him away and then made this pivot, I'm very curious (coughs) to see how they show up with these bigger players. Um, But they're all super athletic, so I I think that they have a chance to really be great. Um, And so I'm with you on that one. I want to see how Trent Brown does on the left side, Isaiah Wynn on the right side. Um, There's a lot of places that are going to draw my attention. I think that the linebackers have a lot to prove, so do the cornerbacks. Um, But there's no one that has more attention in my mind than Johnny Smith. Um, You know, I think you've seen enough out of the wide receivers like Aguilar could and does have some pressure on him, but no one has greater pressure than Johnny Smith just due to his contract, how long it is. And so Johnny Smith is someone that I think has stepped up this offseason. He's really shown up well. I think that this new offensive system will highlight uh, and emphasize his yards after the catch ability, thinking of how the 49ers use Kyle Juszczyk. Um, but also how you know teams use their tight ends in this this West Coast offense. I think that Jonu Smith is going to be put in a much better position to succeed. Uh, I think that he's going to be schemed open, and he is the best yards after the catch uh, tight end in the entire league. And so I, I think that whole really get the opportunity to shine, um, and I, I think prove his value. So I'm, I'm excited for what his development looks like. Um, in addition to just like how the rest of this offense continues to evolve.
0: Yeah, and we are exactly one week away from being able to see that when the Patriots take on, was it the Commanders in their first game? Is that right? I believe so what are they called? I think tonight is actually the first news. It was at Jacksonville Vegas in the Hall of Fame game I think is tonight. Yep, uh, so we are officially underway. Football is here. Looking forward to breaking down the rest of the training camp, the rest of preseason, the rest of the regular season, and hopefully Rich Hill, the rest of the playoffs with you as you really get into it, underway, full tilt, full time, as Teddy Bruschi used to say.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I believe they're actually playing the Giants uh, next Thursday. Oh, so the Giants, okay. uh, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya. Later.